Beautiful morning to you. Thank you so much for staying with us, of course, uh, this morning. It's a very beautiful and amazing morning. Well, it's been raining. In fact, yesterday, <laughs> the thing that rained it to me yesterday. Ah, if not, that is a natural something. <laughs> Maybe I would have found a way to do it back. But hey, it's all good. It's all good. I can just imagine how many more people were drenched by the rain yesterday. Well, it's all good. All right. So just try as much as you can not to fall ill. Oh, I took a lot of tea last night so that, you know, just to get myself warmed up and to remove any kind of cold that would want to hang in somewhere somewhere and cause me to start coughing or sneezing you know bring uh, all that trouble with it so i just had to find a way to let it go all right so yes this is women radio wfm 91.7 nigeria's first radio station for women and their families my name is rose yusuf kaiser and you're welcome to radio doctor it is six minutes after 10 and radio doctor of course is here your free health consultation program where real doctors advise real people radio doctor is nigeria's first specialized health program where medical doctors consult for free and advice on radio on your women radio wfm 91.7 now radio doctor comes to you every day of the week mondays through fridays at 10 a.m now today on women radio which is on women's health yes is supported by act foundation all right so yes uh, and then of course today being a day for women's health we have a consultant obstetrician and gynecologist at uh, from st ives family hospital so we have dr ede edokolo osazua Good morning, Dr. Sazua. So good to have you. Thank you very much. Yes. yes, I can hear you loud and clear. All right. So I hope that your week has been great and you have been, you know, going on with all your patients. Hello? Can you hear me? All right. I said I hope that um, the week has ended up great and, of course, um, you're getting on with all your patients. Yes, very fine. My patients are happy with me. I'm oh, with I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Yeah, All right, Dr. Sazua, thank you once again. So today on Radio Doctor, we'll be looking at the risk of, um, you'll be advising on the risk of sexually transmitted infections in women, which you all know as um, STIs. Okay, so um, that's what we'll be looking at today on Radio Doctor. So um, the phone lines will be open shortly, but uh, these are the numbers. You can definitely have them on 07000. 
send 917-917. You can send a text or a WhatsApp message to 070-317-56537. All right, so now you can follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at WFM917. And, of course, you can go to our website, www.wfm917.com. All right, to listen to us from any part of the world. Better still, you can download our mobile app, WFM917. All right, so you can get to listen to us from anywhere you are. Now, like I said earlier, Women's Health Today on Radio Doctor is supported by Act Foundation. All right, so like I said, um, the doctor is here, and of course, we'll be advising and uh, consulting on the risk of sexually transmitted infections in women. So most times you hear, oh, it's a disinfection or it's the other infection. Um, you'll be hearing, oh, are you not afraid of STIs? Are you, uh, uh, you know, are you not a, a afraid of some things that might just affect uh, you when you're ready to get pregnant you know, and all of that? So all of it will be discussing it today and maybe some of the risk factors involved. All right. So, Dr. Sazua, let's get on to it. Um, let's start with what uh, transmi- sexually transmitted infections. Let's even understand hand what this means okay, thank you very much for me. Um, sexually transmitted infections uh, infections basically that are, are, are acquired by sexual activity uh, in very social contact by the vaginal um, the inner the aura and sometimes can also be transmitted from mother to baby during the course of delivery, as well as during the course of breastfeeding. Hmm. So we launch uh, sexually transmitted disease, a sexually acquired infection, which can occur during sexual intercourse, during vaginal intercourse, uh, inner intercourse, as well as oral intercourse. And can also be transmitted to the babies during breastfeeding, or in utero, when the woman is pregnant and during the course of delivery. And there are different diseases that have been implicated in it. Okay. Um, you have the syphilis, you have the cholera, there's uh, trachomoniasis, and um, hepatitis B is also there. Episimplex is also one of them. HIV and human papilloma virus. All these are all sexually transmitted. There are newer ones now, but um, that was not really very common. Um, but we'll be dealing with this one. Syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, Hepatitis B, epicyclus, the viral form, the HIV, and the human papilloma virus. Hmm. And let me say before I allow you, more than one million sexually transmitted infections do exist. There are more than one million. Hmm. And each year, there are an estimated, estimated, estimated 374 million new infections with one of one of four curable sexually transmitted diseases like gonorrhea syphilis. More than 500 million people between the age of 15 and 49 years are estimated to have uh, this kind of infections every year. And we also say that human papilloma virus infection can also cause uh, cervical cancer. Hmm. And STI, sexually transmitted infection, have a direct impact on both sexual and reproductive health true stigmatization, can cause infertility, can cause uh, cancers, and can cause pregnancy complications, hmm. and there is also increased of the woman acquiring MS, immunodeficiency viral, which is the HIV. Hmm. 
So that's a brief summary of what we'll be delivering to you. Wow. Okay, uh, that's actually a lot, honestly. All right, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sazwa, for telling us what this is, for giving us statistics on it also, you know, and um, telling us how this could actually get to affect women. All right, so um, this is Women Radio WFM 91.7. Please go ahead and call in and let the doctor consult and advise with you today on sexually uh, transmitted infections. All right, 07000-917-917 is a number to call. Send a text or a WhatsApp message to 070-317-5637. Now, that is the number to get in touch with us this morning. Dr. Sazua is here, and of course, he's ready to uh, hear from you too. And he's ready and willing to advise you appropriately on what to do if maybe you have any of this or, you know, um, you have some concerns that you would want him to talk about or address as regards to sexually transmitted infections. All right, Dr. Sozua, now you've given us a statistics of how common this, uh, that uh, how common STIs are in women. But um, how common does this get to affect women in reproductive stage or age of their lives? Because, um, you know, sometimes you get to hear, oh, infections, infections. Is it necessary really that um, all infections that get to affect women in reproductive age have to do with STIs or they're different, or STIs are just the most common? Uh, thank you very much. So in addressing that question, so mm. we can say that uh, sometimes some people can have some infections, okay? Mm. Now, when um, when the infections that are sexually transmitted, yeah. that's what we refer to as sexually transmitted infections. And mm. uh, some people can just have some uh, uh, infection, maybe vaginal discharge, or candidate, those are actually sexually transmitted. So the one that we are dealing with here today is one that we know that oh, we can acquire it through sexual through sex, uh, irrespective of the kind of sex you are doing. And the one that you can also transmit to the baby through the course of delivery, and the one that you can also transmit to the baby through the course of breastfeeding. So those are basically sexually transmitted infection. Now, now we are going to be looking at the effect of the reproductive career of a woman for a woman that acquires sexually sexual infections especially when um, they are within the productive age group. And the complication is very broad and encompassing. That is why uh, maybe when we have time in our next discussion, we're talking about ways in which we can prevent STI, both primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention. Okay. We may not have time to deal with today. But however, we'll be looking at the complications that are associated with sexually transmitted disease. Hmm. And as I said that, irrespective of the kind of sex you are having, whether oral, whether vaginal sex, whether genital sex, hmm. there's a risk of sexually infection, especially when either of the partner has this uh, infection. Now, one of them is on the reproductive career of a woman. Now, one of the things that we normally have is that the genital tract which comprises of this, the cervix, hmm. the uterus, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, as well as even the pelvic, can be affected when somebody has what we call any of the sexually transmitted infection. The one that is being notorious for that are the gonorrheas and the and the chlamydia. Okay. Okay. Now, what happens is that when there is an infection of the cervix, the cervix can become infected, and there is an inflammatory process going there that can lead to what we call cervicitis. That's inflammation of the cervix. Hmm. Now, the thing I instead of and involve the womb inside the womb, which is more dangerous, and can damage the entire womb. And this will be referred to as endometritis. Mm -hmm. It can affect the fallopian tube, 
And when they have heard the pharmacologist, what we call the sarcoidiasis. And when they have heard the ovary, ovaritis, and when they involve the entire tract, because that's what the woman have pelvic inflammatory disease. For a woman that have pelvic inflammatory disease, we tell her the reproductive career. First of all, the chances of conception is almost reduced to zero. The reason behind this is that there is, um, let me not go into detail of that, mm. but I have the patient will suffer what we call chronic pelvic pain. Chronic pelvic pain, i.e., pain at any time. So she's always in pain because mm. she has an inflammatory process going on within the genital the reproductive tract. So patient is about chronic pelvic pain. And most patients who present chronic pelvic pain will have what we call pelvic inflammatory disease. There are other causes of chronic pelvic pain, but we will address that, but we are paying attention to chronic pelvic pain today. Secondly, this patient, apart from having chronic pelvic pain, if she mistakenly get pregnant because of the what we call the apparatus of the fallopian tube, we call the ciliary apparatus. Okay, mm. so um, this patient will not be able to get pregnant in the first place because the womb is damaged, the fallopian tube is damaged, and the overall pickup mechanisms of the ovary is also damaged. And when we have this kind of thing, so this patient may have difficulty to get pregnant. Now, if she has totally now get pregnant by virtue of love or by virtue of uh, God divine intervention, it's all about this factor that may happen. Because the ciliary apparatus is damaged already of the fallopian tube, so the fertilization will not be able to move the embryo down to the to the endometrium. And when it cannot move the embryo down to the endometrium, what this now means is that the patient can have what we call a topic pregnancy. pregnancy. That is to say that the woman can have pregnancy outside the endometrial lining. Hmm. And we know the complications associated with atopic pregnancy. So, this patient will not, they have chronic pelvic pain, which is one of the things that we may see. Secondly, they may not be able to get pregnant, and I said that the tubes are blocked. And thirdly, if they do get pregnant, there's a risk that, oh, this patient can have a pregnancy outside, you know, which is called atopic pregnancy, hmm. and may require any form of intervention. Still going down, when the endometrial line is damaged, that did a study of chlamydia as a cause of miscarriage. Okay. When the endometrial lining is damaged, so when this woman mistakenly get pregnant, so what will happen is that there's a tendency that they can also have a miscarriage. They can have abortions. So they can have abortions. So when they do have abortions, what we are not going to be saying is that hey, a woman that is pregnant, people have a current abortion. Hmm. And we are not addressing this because she has been exposed to chlamydia before, antibody that's not producing a immunity against the baby that is formed hmm. and this patient can have what we call abortion. So going forward, so this patient can have all problems of the uh, that they may not be able to get pregnant. Hmm. Not only will they have that, now sometimes some of these pregnancy can continue and because of the pelvis that is uh, frozen, there's yeah, also risk of the woman acquiring uh, other form of uh, infections associated with it as a result of the infections. For instance, a woman with sexually transmitted disease has increased risk of having HIV due to sex because, for instance, a woman who has herpes, it can be bruises around the track and they can introduce this disease to the partner and especially when they get across to the woman having HIV. Now, for the woman that has um, um, HIV, it can also transmit the disease to the baby. And sometimes we have also found that the baby that are delivered by this woman, they tend to have what we call they can easily die during the course of delivery, which is called stillbirth, which can either be early or late stillbirth. They can also have what we call baby that has 
We let up there, so baby can die. Following delivery. But then you must have blaming one God or the other. Whereas it was the sins of the past or a diagnosis that was not picked. These people who also have this kind of sexually transmitted disease, mm. if they do care for that, their baby may also not grow well. So they can have what we call giving birth to a baby that has no birth to it. And sometimes they can also have prematurity. Mm. So if the baby finally comes out, there's a risk that the baby will have some degree of infection, which we call uh, neonatal sepsis. So they can also acquire this infection because of uh, labor and delivery. And they can also have what we call neonatal conjunctivitis. You can have inflammations of the head. These are the babies. And some babies also have congenital abnormality and deformities. And it can also be found that people who have even papilloma virus, maybe hmm. delivered to them, can also have a cancer of the lungs or sorry, of the throat, which is called laryngeal, uh, laryngeal cancer. Hmm. So, cutting across a woman with uh, a pelvic inflammatory disease, a woman who has, has one form or two of sexually transmitted disease are put to a lot of complications. That is why we must emphasize prevention. Now, this patient too can also have sometimes have some what we call uh, uh, heart diseases because of the inflammatory process going on there. And this patient too can also suffer because human papilloma virus hmm. is one of the causes of uh, cervical cancer. And it can have human papilloma virus, those are the high human papilloma virus hmm. can have what we call cervical cancer. They can have better cancer. Hmm. It's not only restricted to female, don't worry, women with men also at risk too. Men can also have what we call um, penial cancer. Men can also have what we call discharge. Men can also have what we call arthritis, that is inflammation of the testes. Mm -hmm. They can also have uh, what we call erythritis. And this patient may also suffer. The men, maybe are married later to an innocent girl, by virtue of the life he has lived before end up not getting pregnant and they keep on asking you what is the cause of my low sperm count what is the cause why is it that i cannot produce any sperm hmm. whereas some of them have been infected hmm. with what we call one form of sexually transmitted disease in the past the that is now acting as a nemesis hmm. against them putting innocent females and innocent women or innocent men at risk so hmm. i will take a break there hmm. so that you can ask time to ask questions okay. so the conversation can continue. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Sazua, for all of that explanation you gave to us. This is Women Radio WFM 91.7, 22 minutes past 10 right here on Radio Doctor. My name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser, and this is the program Radio Doctor, your free health consultation program where real doctors advise real people. Now, this is Nigeria's first specialized health program where medical doctors consult for free and advice on radio on your Women Radio 91.7. All right, Radio Doctor comes to you Mondays through Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. And the Women's Health Today on Radio Doctor is supported by ACT Foundation. All right, so um, let's go ahead and hear from you. You can dial the number 07000-917-917. Go ahead and um, send us a text or a WhatsApp message with your questions, your concerns as uh, regards to... Um, sexually transmitted infections in women on 070-317-56537. The phone lines are open. Let's get to hear from you, your concerns. Even if you're a man, you have some concerns, you know, about what is going on, you know, maybe, maybe with your partner or with your wife, please go ahead and call in, let us know. The doctor is here and he will advise you appropriately. All right, 07000-917-917. If you want to send us a text, please go ahead and do so we are here to 
to hear from you. All right, Dr. Zozua is a consultant obstetrician and gynecologist at St. Ives Family Hospital. And you see, and he's here consulting and advising on the risk of sexually transmitted infections in women. Now, um, Dr. Zozua has been able to tell us what STIs are and um, how common STIs are in women. In fact, he has gone ahead to tell us how this could actually go ahead to infect women, especially women of reproductive age. Now, um, Dr. Suzua, during the course of our discussion, you know, from letting us know what tra sexually transmitted infections are, you mentioned uh, pelvic pain. Now, um, aside that, what are some of the uh, common signs and symptoms of STIs that women have that, you know, when we get to see these things or when we get to feel them, we'll know that, okay, this is different from the normal or from the other infections, you know, that a woman could get. So we'll just know that this one has to do with STI. Okay, funny enough, uh, most people with STIs, hmm. apart from the combination, they are usually asymptomatic, i.e., Okay. They don't present with symptoms. Hmm. At the time they start pre presenting with symptoms, now they have already caused a lot of damage to the body. Uh -oh. Okay. For instance, if they're not having um, um, discharge, hmm. okay, how many women discharge that usually come from the service? Okay, that means plenty of stress uh, climbing there and uh, cool. So sometimes I look at low abdominal pain, like uh, pain during urination, pain after urination. Hmm. So those are the basic symptoms that we see. But suffice to say that most of these uh, patients don't even present with symptoms. As the time they are presented with symptoms, that is when the, the thing will have gone uh, far. That means the damage has already been done, especially the one of uh, the non-papilloma virus and the syphilis, as well as uh, the gonorrhea and the chlamydia. That's why we now, they are, maybe next time we are discussing this, we discuss the screening. How we can screen this patient, especially for high-risk factors, we indulge in so much activities like the sexual activities um, or who know that they are living with partners who are also at risk to them that they are screening modalities that mm. the patient can that we can do for the patient as i would say that most of the time they are not symptomatic i tell you having chronic pregnant pain then the, your rooms your room is already frozen mm. the room is already frozen when i say the man has a proven pelvis and you you don't have you have to keep on giving antibiotics sometimes you need surgical intervention to make sure you solve the problem in the case of hepatitis, there's no symptom that the woman will present with. So it's better for now. <coughs> when any woman will take the reproductive screen, maybe once in a year, mm. just go for your screening or twice in a year to be sure that oh, you don't have any of these uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Mm. So time we're not allowed to go into it today, but maybe next time, as I said, yeah. we're talking about the prevention, primary, secondary. Mm. And we're talking about, they uh, will discuss more into details of the very common symptoms that we see in France on how how to also do work with this screening for patients. Hmm. So if we just say for even hepatitis, hepatitis B is also socially transmitted, we should also rule that one out. Okay. Hepatitis B is sexual and be found to cause uh, cancer of the liver, which is called hepatocellular carcinoma, hmm. or distortion of the liver, which is called liver cirrhosis. Hmm. Okay. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Sazua. Now, um, it actually, you know, it picked my ear. You picked my interest there where you said that um, these symptoms can be asymptomatic. Uh, asymptomatic. Thank you. Asymptomatic. Thank you for that. Um, because at the end of the day, some of these infections that are like this, 
could actually be the most dangerous because before you get to know about them they must have done a lot of damage already so um now could this actually are there some women who are at more risk than the others when it comes to stis are there a group of women you say okay well maybe maybe according to age or uh, maybe size color uh, or skin and all of that that you will say okay maybe uh, this women are more prone to come down with STIs than some others, or we are all at risk of this? Uh, every, uh, as far as the age of men is, mm. the way people say the future of our health is, is the way you live your life that will determine mm. whether you are at risk. Every woman on the surface of the earth, or every man on the surface of the earth, yeah. is at risk of any uh, disease. Not that there's a genetic factor mm. or anything related to it, no. Okay. So not transmit your mother. So, um, I won't say there is a genetic factor, but that if a mother can transmit disease to the baby. Mm. What we will try to say in this sense is that there are categories of people who are at risk of having secondary transmitted disease. Category of people. One, for people who are naturally have HIV, they are at risk of acquiring other, other sexually transmitted disease. Mm. That is one. Because um, their immunity is low and their infection can come in. And don't forget that people also are, they are also HIV positive sometimes. Not all the times they look around as data. They also are at risk of having uh, other sexual challenges like the hepatitis because mm -hmm. sometimes um, some people are more involved in some risky behavior than the so risky sexual behavior. I tell people sometimes, I tell my students those days when I was uh, when I was doing my residency that if you live your life well, you can be lucky, God help you. You are also protected from all these sexual transmitters. You are protected from entropic pointless. You are protected from infertility. Mm. But if you also begin to expose yourself to hazards of life, then you are also exposed to this kind of sexual transmitted disease. So it's we found that, oh, yeah, it's more common among commercial sex workers, which is very common. Mm. So it's more common among people who also indulge, who also have partners who does not stay in one place, i.e., we call them high risk partners. I.e., you can either be either the man or the woman okay. who has a boyfriend and has three some boyfriends. So, as a tendency that one of them will definitely bring this STI home. Okay? Hmm. Then it's also come more among uh, teenagers sometimes who are, because, uh, sorry, uh, people within the productive age group who actually has not been well counseled, tutored, or sex education, talking about vis and vis, talking about the primary pre prevention of STIs. So, it's usually very common among those people too. Okay. Then, and an environment that is also overpopulated, especially in the ghettos, and mm. everyone lives anyhow, um, where there's no discipline and code, it's also very common among, among them. So we don't begin to look at everything holistic together. People who are involved in risky sexual behavior, like anal sex too, or especially oral sex with partners that they don't really know anything about, mm. their risks are so increased. And when you then acquire this disease that you basically get pregnant, it's also the risk that, oh, this, this some of them, the HIV, can transfer to a baby, the hepatitis B. So there are modalities of preventing them uh, transfer to a baby. So those are people actually at risk of having acquired this disease. So that's why we tell people, most of um, try to, uh, it's not also generally very easy. Mm. Try to live well. And um, if you live well, you'll be free from all these diseases. So God also give you somebody that wants to also live well too. Not somebody who has damaged his life and want to come and look for somebody else to patch you. That, I think that's very unfair. Hmm. If you are if you are also living a, a life that is not clean and but look for somebody that will also don't come in and come and destroy somebody that has planned his life. And to live you must indulge in extramarital sex at any level. Though it's not easy hmm. to stop them, you must use protective 
method, which is condom and refractory, very useful in preventing it. Condom can only pre prevent the gonorrhea and everything, but the one that are associated with ulcer, like the syphilis, and the herpes, and the lifagra, and the normal venereal, those ones are usually sometimes at the, at the skin. Um, from skin to or the human papilloma viral, hmm. skin to skin contact can actually cause um, them to have the infection. So it's more of the way you live your life at the same time. Okay. And um, by prayer, I should be prayer so that evil men will not come out with all right, thank you so much, Doctor Tazwa, for that. This is Women Radio WFM 91.7. Do want to call us up? Let's get to hear your concerns, your questions on STIs right here on Women Radio. Now, you can dial the number 07000 917 Send a text or a WhatsApp message to 070317 all right, uh, Dr. Zazua, you have mentioned how women can protect themselves from STIs. Uh, you mentioned lifestyle, you mentioned using protection, you know, and all of that. And even uh, you mentioned some women who stay or rather, you know, you mentioned environment as one of the factors too that could help. But um, I just want us to dwell a little bit on the protection more because if you can protect yourself, then that means you can prevent these things from happening and you can prevent all the, you know, a number of things that might come up from, uh, uh, you know, STIs later on in life. So um, let's dwell a little bit on how women can protect themselves from contracting STIs. I know you mentioned a few, but let's just dwell on that a little. Okay, so basically, um, first of all, um, there are some of these uh, STIs that that still can prevent. But they are still doing some other things like the hepatitis B mm. and the human papilloma virus. There are vaccines for them now. So when it takes the vaccine, the children can be protected from hepatitis B or human papilloma virus, even when you are exposed to them. Another way you can prevent, protect yourself is the use of barrier method, i.e., the use of condom. Um, it's really better, apart from having um, um, uh, uh, sexual intercourse, yeah. really better to have a protected sexual uh, intercourse, especially with a partner that you are not sure of. It's better. Apart from preventing a wetter pregnancy, it will lead to abortion or, or safe abortion, but it can also prevent some degree of uh, sexually transmitted disease. So, barrier methods have been found to be very useful. Um, I use a condom, and um, there are two types of condom. You have the male condoms and the female condoms. These are the fact to protect it. But however, there's a caveat there that yeah. sometimes for ulcerative type, i.e. the human papilloma virus, um, um, uh, which is a form of STI, the epistimplex, as well as some dysphilitic ulcer, there's no way you will still protect yourself. Some of those ulcers are lesions that when there is a skin-to-skin -skin contact, yeah. there can be some degree of infection. But however, when anybody sees any lesions at any level, you have to run away. Even whether you are in the mood or you are not in the mood, you have to flee. Okay? <clears throat> so, barrier methods have been found to be, be very useful. Um, we also talk about uh, education, education of a girl child. We want to educate children too. Especially okay. sometimes, where um, the way we live our lives now, and, uh, there's, there's, there's going to be more problem of infertility later in life. The way people live their life and the way they do things, hmm. there's just going to be issues. So you need to educate your child too on uh, on uh, not to get child with sexually transmitted disease, uh, hmm. need for abstinence, uh, need to wait, uh, need to say no. 
to uh, on protected sites. So all those have to be put into consideration. So that at the end of the day, um, these children are well taught on the risk and completion of sexually transmitted disease, and they will learn how to avoid it. And okay. thirdly, um, the, the the people who our children meet with are, are also very important, and the people we interact with. Okay. Because whether we like it or not, mm. so before we grow up in the ghetto, but we are not, we still kept to ourselves. So we can try to educate our children to, to, to try and do the needful. Mm. That uh, when they do, they do the needful, there's a lot of benefit from it. Especially from both sides, both the male and the female. That's why I encourage parents to, no matter how busy we are, we should try to pay attention to our children, spend time with them and teach them the right thing. And so, so that they are free from this uh, uh, sexually transmitted disease. Then above all, too, um, we that are Christians, we need in prayers. Have we done all? You have to keep on praying for our children. I pray for the nation too. Because if you are trying to protect your own mm. and your neighbor, they are not protecting their own. One day, one day, those neighbors will start throwing stones to your compound. Honestly. And one day, they will break in mm -hmm. to your compound and they will not start beginning to misbehave. And it's very common. I there's no street you pass in some areas now that you don't see teenagers hanging around with no job button. Okay. But I will not go to help children that they will give birth to that they cannot take care of. And that will be prone to, that will also be exposed to sexually transmitted disease. Children that they will give birth to. Pregnancy that they may not want, they want to go out and later complication. So I think it's more of uh, education than uh, tell, talking about the issue of vaccine. And if you want sexual intercourse and intimacy, ensure that there are some degree of uh, barrier method so that incidents of sexually transmitted disease as well as equally hmm. complications are heavily reduced. Okay, thank you so much for giving us a breakdown on how we can protect ourselves as women, as young women too, girls, as, you know, concerned people also, we can actually spread this word. Thank you so much, Dr. Sazua. All right, this is Women Radio WFM 91.7. Do want to call us up on 07000-917-917. Send a text or a WhatsApp message to 070-317-565-37. Let's get to hear from you your thoughts, your concerns, your questions on sexually transmitted infections in women. All right, this morning, right here, the doctor is here, and of course, he's willing to advise you on any concerns you have at all. All right, so doctor, thank you very much for telling us on how we can protect ourselves. Now, um, let's look at um, the potential health consequences of untreated STIs in women. I know you also mentioned a few of how this could get to affect us when it is not, uh, you know, treated on time. As we know that some of the symptoms or signs don't actually present itself. It's maybe when you go for a routine check, that's when you get to see, you know. And for, for a lot of us, or rather a lot of Nigerians who don't have the culture of going for routine checks, it's probably when we are now married, we want to give birth or maybe after the first child we're not able to give birth to the second one at the time we want to you know we, we start investigating and then we get to hear that oh there's been a there's been an STI somewhere that has not that has been left untreated and it has gone ahead to block this to cause this or this is the result of it so um let us know the health consequences of un of leaving these STIs untreated because I want to believe that this will in turn help us to make better decisions in terms of going on to check ourselves regularly. Okay, thank you very much for that beautiful question. Uh, we have a letter, but I will let it again, so I'll just listen. 
um, we'll start from the very common one. Patient can have what we call pelvic pain, what we call chronic pelvic pain, yeah. especially when it's complicated by pelvic inflammatory disease like gonorrhea and syphilis. So the woman needs to have pelvic pain, which is really back during the menstrual period. Yeah. So we have to investigate and ensure that the woman doesn't have any form of um, sexually transmitted disease. Secondly, people try to get pregnant sometimes because of the effect of the damage of the womb, of the genital trans i.e. the uterus, the same with the uterus, the fallopian tube, as well as the ovaries, that this patient can also be very difficult to get pregnant because the tube will definitely be blocked. But not anybody can do concerning that. The tube will block, and when the tube is blocked, it become an issue. We're looking for an alternative way of getting pregnant. Even what those who are exposed themselves to uh, with sexually transmitted disease sometimes, mm -hmm. some of them may end up having the womb. Even when the tube are blocked, want to do an IVF for them, one of the serious damage that is done to the endometrial lining of the womb, they may also not find it difficult. They find it difficult to conceive. Mm. And if they do conceive, some of them can end up having ectopic pregnancy, as I said, extra pregnancy outside the womb, and some of them can end up having miscarriages throughout the chlamydia. So, apart from that, some of them can also have what we call uh, eye inflammation, eye gonorrhea, um, syphilis, they are referred to because of the gonorrhea inflammation of the eye. Some of these patients can also have what we call arthritis, try the syphilis, can give their arthritis, so they can have heart issues, which is called heart diseases. Syphilis can do that, chlamydia can do that, red can do that. The thing can end up, patient can also have a brain issues, syphilis of the brain, they can have issues hmm. with their, their brain. So um, sometimes, because of the they can also have cancers, different kinds of cancers. Among them are what we call uh, cancer of the rectum, and this can, and also cervical cancer. And this has been associated with what we call the human papilloma virus. Hmm. And for the hepatitis, as I say, hepatitis yeah. B, uh, result in even estimated death of about 8,200 8, 8, 820,000 deaths hmm. in 2016. Wow. And the majority of what hepatitis was doing was being, um, they were, most of these patients will have complications from hepatitis B, which was um, a liver cancer, which we refer to as hepatocellular carcinoma. Mm. And we also know, some of them also have a problem with liver cirrhosis. It's only not the women that are also affected. The men are also affected. The men can also have what we call cancer of the rectum too, which is very uh, uh, common among them. Mm. They can also have heart disease too. Some may too, it may not be their wife that has tumor issues. Some may have their testes that are completely destroyed or damaged by gonorrhea or damaged by chlamydia. Hmm. And these people will stop producing sperm forever. And they come back and say, should I drop for them to get pregnant? It cannot work because the testes is gone. Hmm. So they can end up having what we call ochitis, inflammation of testes, or they can have um, destruction of the, the testes, the satolic cells of the testes, and they can end up having. Um, uh, as you spend, they are not involved with the And if they spend, they are going to produce, uh, uh, they are poor quality. Uh, definitely, they will not be able to fertilize any egg and they will not get pregnant. Uh, so, also in May, too, there can also be cancers of the testes, too, and also be found. So, also, the uh, uh, resulting from people who men who have sexually transmitted disease that, uh, that are not well treated. Mm -hmm. But what to say that men, Usually, have some symptoms, which they, some of them may have pain during the course of passing urine, which is called maturation. Okay. Some of them may also urinate more frequently, they have to investigate it. Hmm. Some, of them may have, some of the men may also have pain during the time of ejaculation when they are trying to pass uh, sperm. Some of them may also have a normal discharge from the penis, particularly hmm. colored 
or foul smelly discharge. So when you see some they can also have bombs or blisters or sores on the penis or genitals. So these are some of the issues that we'll see okay. in men as well as female with sexually transmitted disease. Hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Sazua, for giving us a breakdown of some of the consequences if um, these STIs are left untreated. Uh, in women and also in men too. I uh, thank you so much. This is Women Radio WFM 91.7, and um, of course, this is still Radio Doctors. So do want to call us up on 07000 917 Send a text or WhatsApp message to 070-317-56537. So let's get to hear from you this morning. Your thoughts, your concerns, your questions on sexually transmitted infections in women. All right, Dr. Sazua, so let's head on to um, mother and a child in terms of STIs. Now, how does this work? Is it possible that STIs can be transmitted from mother to child? I know you mentioned something like this earlier, during pregnancy or childbirth. And if so, um, what can be done to stop this? Oh, basically, when a mother comes for a clinic, we normally try to screen them, sharing for the syphilis. Okay. okay. Now, some of these infections are transmitted to the babies, mm. whether we like it or not. Now, some of them is HIV, that has already an established fact, mm. and it can be transmitted to the baby, especially if the woman is refused to take any form of medications due to cause of pregnancy. So, HIV. Okay. Some of these patients, too, for hepatitis B2, are also transmitted from mother to baby, especially if uh, the, the mother has some degree of high viral load of the hepatitis B. Can also transfer it to their children. So that's what when the baby comes out now, we normally try to give for hepatitis B positive women, especially mm-hmm. those ones that are active, i.e., have antigen in their system. So we tend to give them um, um, immunoglobulin for the babies as well as hepatitis B vaccine for the babies. So HIV can be transmitted, hepatitis B can be transmitted. Apart from that, some of the complications mm-hmm. that may result during the course of pregnancy may also from the STI, syphilis, too. Have been found to cause a lot of damage to the baby. Some of will cause blindness to the baby. Some of will cause mm-hmm. uh, cardiac issues to the baby. Mm-hmm. So, this syphilis, so, because a lot of issues to the baby, when the baby comes out, the baby has a degree of abnormality and congenital abnormality that you may not be able to establish. The most syphilitic baby. So, they tend to have issues. It's already uh, giving birth to. Because this baby has also starved, sometimes this baby can have some degree of intrauterine uh, growth restriction. They will definitely not go well. And when they don't grow well, that implies they cannot compare them with their counterpart in terms of growth potential. So when the growth is symmetrical, that implies that the brain and all other parts of the baby bodies are affected. So the baby can also have some degree of there's a tendency that this baby can come out prematurely. Hmm. That will cry. That will have premature baby. Hmm. What the baby will be doing my heart, they have had some infection that would tend to um, that will have affected the baby and sometimes the baby will watch us spontaneously. So sometimes so this baby also born with some abnormality of the eye, congenital abnormality of the eyes. Innocent baby who committed no crime, come with abnormality from the womb that was caused by the mother. My next prayer is that the same of her mother will not follow us in Jesus' steps. So <laughs> Amen. So, so so the mother baby comes out with abnormality. Some of this baby can also have a cause for those that have human papilloma virus can also have uh, what we call laryngeal cancer. Mm. cancer. So, in order to prevent all these diseases, so what we're talking about for the baby from acquiring them, 
We tend to scream on our women now. Mm. Though it's not usually done here, so for it's of center, they scream for chlamydia, then because of pregnancy, they scream for gonorrhea. Mm. I think they scream for, um, and they do some what we call touchy syndrome, you with syphilis also among the screen them so that if there's anyone i think we will start soon because uh, one of us screening our mothers for this um, sexually transmitted infection and this will show at least we normally do hepatitis screening for a patient yeah if the mother is hepatitis positive we cancel them and uh, when the baby comes i will give them medications to prevent the baby from having uh, the the hepatitis i will also ensure that for HIV, we also screen them for for hiv to ensure that oh we are these patients those are that we listen they are taking their drugs so that the baby will not acquire the disease. Then uh, for herpes, which sometimes we, when we do see them with any symptoms, we tend to give them, treat them. This cyclovir, we used to treat them. We, can, we have said that we are saying that it's safe during the course of pregnancy. Bear in mind the, the complication of the baby acquiring the infection. Then the hemopapilloma virus, uh, we don't need screen for hemopapilloma virus. Um, um, but we encourage every woman to do their past by following delivery. Okay. Uh, we encourage that. For those that have uh, conjunctivitis as a result of uh, then sometimes for patients who have had some bad recorded pregnancy loss, we will just try to give them some medication too because of pregnancy as a prophylactic. Mm. I as a child myself, we give sometimes for my patient who I think is at risk of having miscarriage, I in those that have had seizures, I will just put them on. Even as a traumatic like twice during the course of pregnancy, as a is found to be safe. And sometimes of them for the to also prevent them from having trichomonas vaginalis. Also put them on metronidazole during the course of pregnancy. So I can give them a start dose of eight hundred microgram of metronidazole at twenty weeks. That's what I do. Hmm. Like also decide to give them at twenty-eight weeks. Okay. In case there is trichomonas um vaginalis, which is also a sexually transmitted disease hmm. and a particular colonial of the vagina. So and I may also be attributed to pregnancy loss. Hmm. So I just give them prophylactically so that uh, this patient and they tend to do well. So most of the time we try to screen this patient and the one that we do and for civil is hmm. if they are we should normally do with three for our pregnant to know. If we notice it, we also treat them accordingly. Okay. I like how proactive you are, doctor. Just in case, you know, all these things are hanging around and we want to harm the mother or the child. Thank you very much, Dr. Sezua, for all you do. All right. Um, well, let me see. The phone lines are still open. We have a few more minutes to go. 0700-917-917. Send us a text or a WhatsApp message on 0703175637. This is Women Radio WFM 91.7, and this is the program Radio Doctor. All right, doctors, as well, before we go, let's look at vaccinations. All right, so just of recent, we've been hearing that, oh, there's HPV vaccines for girls, young girls that are being given out right now. You know um in different states so let's talk about vaccines to prevent stis in women which ones are readily available and um what do you think we can do in terms of vaccines and how far these vaccines how far do you think these vaccines can go in preventing stis yes the two common ones that normally that are available now is the hepatitis b vaccine we give it to women and men so it's not only women men only can take vaccine okay uh, we'll give it to this pregnant, we'll give it to women, not outside pregnancy, to prevent them from having hepatitis B. So I think I've had my own shot. I think I zero four four weeks after, and then after you have your full dose. So you are immune for life, or you will never have hepatitis. Then the HPV, which we normally do, uh, the HPV vaccine, 
um, is something that came up on board recently. Yeah. But we found out that most patients are not having um, cervical cancer. Uh, and the commonest of the, the organism that causes it is the human papilloma virus. Mm. And it's, it's still an 18 human papilloma virus that causes it. Okay. So with that, they found out that, oh, because these children, before they are exposed to sex, it's better for them to have a human papilloma virus. Bearing in mind that most of these children now, even are also exposed to sex at a very early stage. Mm. Um, in this part of the world where people are exposed to sex as early as possible. And there is also increased rate of early marriage. Some people are betrothed at the age of 14, people are betrothed at the age of 12. And they are exposed to prolonged sexual intercourse for long. And these have been found to be risk factors for cervical cancer. So in order to avoid or prevent or reduce the incidence of cervical cancer, so the cervical vaccine and the cancer vaccine were discovered. So and these have been found to reduce the incidence of uh, cervical cancer. Hmm. I usually give it to a girl with, uh, that I know I've for sexual intercourse before. So anybody that is less than 12 years, yes, has two doses, which is zero and one month. And uh, those that are more than uh, 12 years have like three doses, zero, one, and six months thereafter. Hmm. And those have been found to prevent cervical cancer. Okay. So our girls will still want to go as marry at the age of 14. Hmm. And they will never stop. So there should be a way to help ourselves. So okay. you can see that the fact will be very useful. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Zazua. Let's hear your last words then. Uh, your advice to young girls, to women also, and even to those seeking to get pregnant soon or trying to conceive in terms of sexually transmitted infections. What would be your advice to all of them? Uh, so, um, my advice to everybody is that let me quickly say that this uh, sexually transmitted disease that we have discussed is a continuum. So, next edition, maybe next hopefully we'll talk about more hmm. about the prevention and how and different types of can be acquired. So we'll talk about that so in our subsequent uh, um, programs. But I want to say that sexually transmitted infections are something that can be avoided and prevented. I want to encourage people to try to the best of their ability. It may not be that easy. Try to live well. Live well. When you live well, you also enjoy the wellness of life. Hmm. So you are free from all the sexually transmitted diseases if you live well. And not everybody, if I live well, you live well. My brother lives well. Everybody. So every, all the good, good people will meet each other. No one will jam. Evil will not jam. Evil. This one too. So I call people to live well. In order to form, in order to foster or prevent the complication that may arise from sexually transmitted diseases, and we should be try as much as possible. Our teachers, our lecturers, especially those who are in different schools, whether male or female. Sometimes we tend to restrict this thing. But the females, it is not. The males are also very brutal too. There's of the attitude and behavior. So we should really keep on educating our children and keep on teaching them the right thing to do. And I will call tell everybody, don't give birth to the number of children that you cannot take care of. It's better to reduce your family size. Okay. Because the population of the world is increasing and the resources are getting limited. Mm. So do your ensure that you get a number of children you can take on so that you can do them properly. All right. So that they will not be exposed to all this kind of sexual transmitted disease. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Ozazor, for being a part of our program today. Thank you for having me. All right. Do have a great week with your patients this, this week. Thank you. All right. Thank you so. Okay. So that's... Um, Today's program, Radio Doctor, with uh, Dr. Sazua. Um, he's a consultant, a pediatric, did I say pediatrician, a consultant obstetrician and gynecologist at St. Ice Family Hospital. All right, so he's by name Dr. Ede Dopolo Osazua. So that's it today on women's health on 
radio doctor that's supported by ACT Foundation. Join us again tomorrow at um, 10 for General Health uh, on Radio Doctor. My name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser. I urge us all to keep living a healthy lifestyle. A very big thank you to the producer of the program, Esther Larry and the executive producer, Tom Okewale Shonaya. Do have a healthy day ahead. Good morning. WFM 91.7